Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Echo Huang. Echo, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Echo is a CFA, a CFP, and a CPA. She's a senior wealth manager at Echo Wealth Management, and she is the author of Own Your Future, One Woman's Story of Immigration and Financial Freedom. I'm excited to have you on the show. Echo, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, personally, I was born and raised in southern China. When I was 20 years old, I left my hometown, Shenzhen, to come to this country to study finance with only $800 in my pocket. And fast forward, now I live in the Twin Cities in Minnesota with my daughter, Nina, and our dog, a petite golden doodle, Luna. I enjoy ballroom dancing, playing piano, travel, and reading. Professionally, I own um, and operate Echo Wealth Management, an uh, independent firm I started more than five years ago to serve busy and successful professionals to help them take the complexity out of wealth management. I love what I do as a wealth manager today because I love helping people follow their passion and achieve their goals. Taking the complexity out of wealth management is what I am great at. After working in public accounting uh, as a tax CPA, and in the wealth management industry for over 25 years. I respect and appreciate the fact that you are a CFA, a CFP, and a CPA. There just can't be too many people like you out there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You can tell that I'm very committed to continuing education, right? A, a, A thousand percent, yeah. I mean, it's... Each one of those individually is obviously a career and a major commitment. Uh, is it you just really wanted the the knowledge and wanted the certification? Uh, tell me just how, if it just because that, that is extremely challenging. So it must be a huge passion. Yes, and uh, I believe knowledge is power. And um, certainly coming to the U.S. by myself to pursue higher education require commitment and courage. And uh, for me, after I found out uh, Tax CPA was with KPMG, one of the big six uh, accounting firms in the 90s, was not my long-term career path. Um, I decided to change my career to be a financial advisor in 2000. That's 20 years ago. Mm. And so it was really important for me to gain um, credential. It's extremely difficult. You may know it's extremely difficult for minorities. I call myself triple minorities because I'm Asian woman, a new immigrant, trying to break into the personal wealth management industry. So it was extremely important for me to pass the CFP exam. Uh, So I did that before age 30. And uh, many years later, in my 40s, 
since I was really passionate about reading uh, portfolio management books and investment, so I thought, well, why not go in a lot deeper in uh, portfolio construction and get a specialized designation CFA that is considered uh, gold standard for portfolio managers uh, in the world. So I actually started CFA much later in life when I went to the testing center, I, I felt like I was the oldest person taking the exam <laughs> because I was surrounded by like 22 and 25 years olds who were taking CFA exams. So, um, so certainly I believe just having deeper knowledge and more skills in portfolio construction will help my clients, especially dealing with their individual, uh, you know, stock, they have stock options, they have concentrated stock positions as a corporate executives. And uh, so when I'm able to construct portfolio for them uh, without like outsourcing that piece to another firm, I see that as more, um, probably make my service more unique in a way. So I I still believe in continuing education. So I, I'm, I don't need to take uh, more exams for another sure. destination, but uh, every single year I still want to, you know, set high, very high goals in terms of learning new things. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly clear, being that you are a, a competitive ballroom dancer, you play the piano, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a kid, you've got a dog, and you're, you're also yeah. a reader. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's. And, and there's no question, being a CFA, having a CFP, and uh, being a CPA certainly does um, set you apart from, I imagine, the vast majority of financial advisors and allows you to better serve um, your clients and, and the needs they have. So I think that that's, I think that that is 1000% true. Um, you, you mentioned commitment and courage, and certainly coming from Shenzhen um, to the United States when you were... When, when you were a student uh, with $800 in your pocket that, I mean, obviously just completely different. Well, I don't know if it's completely different culture, but a very different culture. Um, your your voracious appetite for, for learning, is that, is that, was, was that common with, with the, 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 your, your, your family, the people you grew up with, and then you came to the United States and what, what's, how how do you view the differences between between the cultures? Well, I I think my family certainly influenced me a lot. My mom was probably my first role model. Uh, she was college educated as a teacher, and it was very rare. And so I believe that you know my parents gave me great opportunities in terms of you know, giving me opportunities to grow up in Shenzhen, uh, one of the richest cities in China. Uh, it's called Silicon Valley in China. So when I came to the U.S., I think the cultural, certainly the cultural differences uh, are, you know, huge. But I think it's important for me to appreciate the opportunity because I consider myself a very lucky one to obtain a full-time student visa mm. to come here to study finance undergraduate finance, which was very rare. Most people came over here to study, uh, you know, to go to graduate school. In general, most Chinese came here to study uh, science, like uh, 
you know, computer science or engineering. So for me, the cultural differences would be like, um, I had to adapt very quickly, especially language was my barrier. I couldn't understand the lecture hmm. in in college. My first class was macroeconomics. Oof. I, I, that's exactly how I felt when I came <laughs> out of my first class. I could not take notes uh. well enough because it was too difficult to understand. You know, my English wasn't that good. But um, over time, I, I just had to learn to adapt because in order to survive here, I was working in the cafeteria washing dishes for like $4.25 per hour. And, uh, and then I worked entire summer. I took maximum classes. So finally, I was able to finish college in three and a half years and landed a job uh, in the Twin Cities here. So that's how I ended up in Minnesota. That's awesome. So if you don't mind me asking, uh, and you certainly can just say, let's not talk about that. Your, 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 your daughter, are, are you yeah. instilling or trying to instill the same kind of work ethic? Or do you view that things are different, that, that she's being raised here? I'm trying to set good role model for her. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that was another incentive for me to write my new book because she she doesn't, well, she knows she's very um, fortunate, obviously, but when she's, uh, she had everything, you know, <laughs> I would, I could imagine that, I mean, she's living in a very good neighborhood sure. here. And um, I want to show her that, uh, you know, tell her my story of coming to the U.S. as an immigrant and certainly setting good example for her to see that I can start my business here and I can be successful here as a professional woman. So I think uh, I do my best to instill the, you know, work ethic. But as you can see, it's also challenging because she she only visited China uh, once last year for 16 days. So it was my my effort to show her five major cities in China. Mm. And, you know, she was able to meet the cousins in Shenzhen. And so at least she has better perspective in terms of where I came from. And hopefully, well, she's 15 years old. You, As you could imagine, you know, as a teenager, she's probably not listening to everything I say at this moment. <laughs> so I I told her uh, because, you know, for me, publishing a book is a huge achievement. It took me more than a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, but for her, you know, it's not a novel. So it's not something that she's eager to read. So I'm feeling like, OK, eventually she's going to come around and she's going to appreciate what I have done for her in terms of giving her the best opportunities to learn and, you know, including like tennis, piano, downhill skiing. And, you know, there are many things that I wanted to do as a child and didn't have the money to do. Mm -hmm. So today when she, you know, she knows that I, I work very hard to provide everything she has nowadays. Yeah, well... I certainly appreciate that, and and I'm, I have all the confidence in the world that one day she will absolutely say thank you for everything, Mom. It might take a couple of years, but who know, who knows? Echo, I've got I've got kids also, and I can certainly um, I can certainly envision that. But uh, I, I think that that perspective is such an incredibly valuable thing, and it's oftentimes really difficult to get. Um, 
you tried to share that with your daughter by 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 bringing her to I think you said four or five cities in China and mm-hmm. get her to appreciate or rather just see that things are different all over the world and things are different in different cities and she's probably been to different cities in in, um, in the United States as well. Mm-hmm. How do you think that that? Well, I guess um, how, how how do you find that that perspective fits into somebody's financial situation? Yeah, in terms of um, the way I like to provide services in terms of how they fit to the financial situation in terms of their perspective and their lifestyle they want to live, I always want to remind every uh, client when I help them and say, I will first want to know their money history, their stories in terms of their goals and dreams, what money can do for them. Because each person has their own history, right? So for me, my job is to first listen, understand their goals, but then also gather information to analyze their resources and then provide guidance on how they can maximize their resources and get the best return in life. So in terms of perspective, I I have many clients who are uh, successful, very busy, driven professionals, and more than 50% of them work for Fortune 500 companies as executives. So I serve them across the country and some even overseas. And these people in general are very worldly because they actually travel a lot. I think I share that similarity because I came from another culture and I, you know, now I have learned everything about the financial system in the US that's completely different from China. And I think when I help other people, it's important for me to understand their perspective and then also share my perspective. So in terms of the investment opportunities, I personally, I am probably more globally minded in terms of selecting investments. And I believe that U.S. uh, stock market is about 53 or 55% of the world. And Americans tend to have home bias and thinking I just want to invest in the U.S. but not overseas. So I actually use my own perspective and I pay attention to outside of U.S. investment opportunities, for example, especially in China and Asia. And uh, so that affected how I construct a portfolio in the past few years as well and certainly have added additional value in that area. Yeah, yeah, I think that that... That that bias is a very, very, very real thing, um, and I have to imagine that. Well, we all we all have our biases, and we don't <laughs> recognize them, which is which is the very definition of a bias. So, so yeah, I, th- I think that that's extremely valuable to be able to to better educate people, um, make them aware that there are lots of other opportunities outside of just the S and P five hundred or or the American stock market. So, I appreciate that very much. Um, are there certain things that you say, you know what, I, I wish that more people here in the United States, I, I, I and, and perhaps that's it, that, that, that I, I wish more people understood about the rest of the world? Yeah, I, you know, I came from another culture. Certainly, I can see now from, you know, being an American here and look at the, you know, as Americans, well, right now, obviously, we don't trust that much in terms of our leaders, how 
they are handling the financial crisis, no, the coronavirus mm-hmm. crisis. And um, and I think sometimes it's kind of extreme when we criticize other countries, how they deal with their you know internal affairs. So personally, I feel like sometimes we have to kind of look at, you know, this is my personal opinion, obviously. Like China, of course, has its own challenges. Just imagine, you know, they have to feed what, close to 1.4 billion people, right? right? And they have to be uh, self-sufficient. And certainly there are things they do well, there are things they are not doing well. But I think many times, I think we criticize uh, how China handles things too quickly and using our own standard to measure how other countries should be doing and managing their, you know, how they are, in terms of policies and laws. But as we look at our own country right now, if you ask other people outside of U.S. and look into the chaos we are having here in the U.S., people just, you know, my friends in China and maybe other people in Europe, and they just, they have a hard time believing U.S. is handling the coronavirus this way, considering we are like the wealthy country, but we actually had the worst record in terms of right now, in terms of cases. So I want people to be more open-minded, to listen to probably more uh, various sources in terms of news reporting. Personally, I am a loyal listener of public radio, especially Minnesota public radio, and I want to read different sources and because I think that will offer people uh, more perspectives versus just listen to maybe one news channel and just just go by, you know, just criticize every other country, how they are handling the situation, but not really doing enough here to promote democracy. And so I personally, I do have a strong opinion about that, Ben, you know, I'm like, sure. yeah, you know, we, we need to look inside as well and try to find solutions here. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I love it. Well, Echo, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Create your own financial dream team that includes your trusted financial advisor, tax CPA, estate attorney, insurance agent, and banker so that your financial advisor can be the financial quarterback to help you simplify your financial life. Ask yourself this question. Could you achieve your financial goals sooner by surrounding yourself with smart, experienced, credible people who have your best interest at heart? Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And I could, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Put together your financial dream team, and make sure that you have cooperative advisors working together, and that your financial advisor is uh, is spearheading the effort. So, mm-hmm. and it'd be even better if your financial advisor was a CFA, a CFP, and a CPA. So, hey, so thanks that, for that endorsement. <laughs> a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Well, Echo, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you, and where can they get a copy of your book? would love to have your listeners visit um, my personal website uh, ownyourfuture.guru 
So Own Your Future is the name of my book. Dot guru is dot G-U-R-U. Or if you're interested in my company, visit echowealthmanagement.com. And you can certainly connect with me on social media. I am probably most active on LinkedIn in terms of professional relationship. And I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. So I want to hear from you and let me know uh, if I could help you or direct you to the right places, the right people. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Echo your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to ownyourfuture.guru to find out more information about the book. Go to echowealthmanagement.com to learn about Echo and um, her financial advisory practice. You can follow her on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. I will list all of those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Echo. Thank you, George. Have a great day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.